Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 323. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we try to avoid the East Side because it's UN General Assembly Week. Woohoo! And I'm your host, Nagin Farsad. And um, I don't think there's going to be much peacemaking happening there this week because, I mean, some of the players like China and Russia are just not showing up, which is so fun. But also um, because the dignitaries are super into bottlenecking and it's all just traffic jams and people being unable to actually make it to their meetings. Uh, It's too early for us to talk about UN drama because we don't know how the week is going to shape up. So instead, we're going to talk about uh, Martha's Vineyard. We're going to talk about the Patagonia billionaire who's giving away his fortune and about women who don't have children. I am so excited by today's panel. Folks, joining us for the whatevereth time, she's a veteran of the show. Um, she's uh, she's just a remarkable young lady who you can follow at NYT Vows. This is like the most hilarious parody account um i i feel that i that i follow personally it's a it's making fun of the wedding section of the new york times so you can it's nyt vows on instagram and on twitter and she just has like non-stop hilariousness and the entire bridal industrial complex just keeps giving her material uh she's also the host of the remarkable 
Kindle-based podcast, Two Wick Minimum. Um, it is literally a podcast about candles because this person is just so fucking funny all the time. It is the wonderful Selena Kappa. Hey, Selena. Hey, Nagin. Oh, it's so good to see you it's and so hear you good and to be see here. You. Thank uh, you for having me. Of course. I love that you're on the show. It actually, for a second, looked like you were talking into a candle, just like the way the light was hitting <laughs> I, your, your microphone. I, oh my gosh. Well, the logo of my podcast is my head inside a flame of a candle. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm getting close. I'm getting close. I mean, I mean, it is candle season right now. Break out the pumpkin candles. I'm so into it. Absolutely. It's an exciting time for your podcast. It is. Also also joining us on the show for the very first time is host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. She's also co-host of Democracy-ish, which is a show that we here in the Farsad Tottenham household um, regularly listen to. She's so delightful uh, on that show. I'm just just excited to see what she's going to do on this show. It is the wonderful Danielle Moody. Hey, Danielle. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. So excited to have you here for the first time. Um, And before we get into it, I just want to remind listeners, um, a bunch of you have written me about coming to see me perform at the Battery in San Francisco. It's a members-only show, but I have a handful of tickets that I could share with Fake the Nation listeners. Um, And so I'm going to be – everyone who's able to go is going to know, what like, the day this podcast drops, I think. Um, But you still have, like, maybe – just like that Thursday, you could still email me um, to get into the 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 lottery of me pulling names out and seeing who can come see the show. But I would love it if you came. Um, and of course, let me know if you have a plus one. So people have been mostly DMing me on Instagram. You can also reach out to me on Patreon. And you can also um, email me through my website. Just let me know. Uh, it would be great to see you in San Francisco on September 27th. I didn't mention that. All right. Let us get into it with topic number one. So a Texas um, sheriff on Monday opened an investigation into the legality of Ron DeSantis's recent move to fly mostly dozens of Venezuelan migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard. Now, this has been like huge news around the country. And for some reason, I thought it was kind of like going to die down. But now this uh, this question of whether it was legal for him to do it is kind of like ma- rearing its head again. So we decided to talk about it at the last minute. Um, he So what he did, DeSantis, and this is just, I don't want to look at the actual numbers. It's just, a, it's just an odd, shocking, I mean, we could talk about inhumane as well. But it's just, uh, let's talk about it odd and shocking just... He basically paid an aviation company $615,000. Now, DeSantis is the governor of Florida, but he paid this aviation company $615,000 to to transport 48 migrants from San Antonio, which is in Texas, not in Florida, okay, to um, Massachusetts to Martha's Vineyard, which is an island um, that during the summer is very popular and a lot of rich people go there. And then the winter, it has 20,000 residents and it's, um, you know, very small. The Republican-led Florida, Florida legislature had actually approved $12 million this spring for moving migrants out of Florida to other states. Um, and that's, you know, and DeSantis is basically using that fund uh, it's weird, though, to move migrants from another state to another state. <laughs> anyway, why? Can you guys make sense of any of this for me? I'm so baffled. 
you're both just like aggressively shaking your heads in like utter like confusion yourselves. Selena? It is so, uh, I, it's a really, I, I just, uh, it's such a stunning story. And I mean, just the, uh, like for brass tacks, I'm from Massachusetts originally. And I used to play Martha's Vineyard. Our, our high school football team used to play Martha's Vineyard in football. Um, and it's, yeah, year round. It's a lot of fishermen. It's a lot of cops and firefighters. Like it is a blue cult, just like East Hampton in the off season and just right. like the Cape in, you know, like right. if he thinks he's sticking it to the elites, like he's absolutely not. He's causing a catastrophe in a small island, island place that doesn't have a ton of resources. Um, and yeah, I, I'm glad you explain the Texas tie-in because I heard that now Texas is seeking, you know, trying to investigate the legality and illegality of it. And I was like, why is Texas? I thought they flew from Florida, but no, no, no. It's just that DeSantis was the architect of this, but it was a flight from Texas to Massachusetts with no warning. Also, have you seen, I saw online some brochures that were supposedly handed out to the immigrants, you know, speaking to them of job opportunities. I mean, it is just unconscionable, like the cruelty it blows my mind. It's so uh, inhumane. I can't even get over it. Danielle, what's your take? It's hard to talk about um, DeSantis and not riddle everything that I say with curse words. So let me try <laughs> like my my best. Um, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are probably examples of what of the most disgusting, vile type of human beings um, that you can imagine. The moves that they are making are steeped in white supremacy and just the desire to outbid each other in how evil they can be. The anger that I have right now is with the way that the media is characterizing this story as if it's some type of political stunt as opposed to human trafficking, because there is absolutely no difference between what Abbott and DeSantis are doing and what coyotes are paid to do when we see 18-wheeler trucks that are opened with dead bodies that are inside of people that paid thousands of dollars to flee the devastation in their homeland to seek opportunities in the United States. There's no difference here except for the exchange of money. But instead of taking money from those migrants, what Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are doing is taking money from their constituents because it's tax dollars that are paying for the dehumanization of these groups of people. And so, you know, what I would love is that if, you know, people in the media discuss this with like the outrageous audacity and cruelty that is intended in the actions that they are taking and that we would look at these people and think to ourselves, my God, imagine being so desperate to flee your homeland and then being met with somebody that was paid to dupe you into getting onto a charter bus or getting onto a plane and then dropping you off in a, in a parking lot or on a tarmac, which is what they did in Martha's Vineyard, right? And then they had, when they were dropped in Martha's Vineyard, they ended up, if you've ever flown into there, it's miles away from anything, having to walk to find help, right? To to find aid. And the people of Martha's Vineyard are lovely people, right? Um, 
who did the right thing. Because what Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis are hoping for is that all white people are evil, that all white people side with them and are partners and co-conspirators in white supremacy. Um, and they're not, thankfully, right? Um, but I, I, I wish that we would talk about this um, as what it is, which is human trafficking and exactly why uh, the sheriff in Texas is looking into investigating what type of legal uh, measures um, may have laws may have been broken because we know that there are laws that were broken. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I mean, I would say that there's that this like human trafficking question is very interesting. Like it's, you know, in terms of, because I was like wondering if it was a violation of some sort of like Geneva Convention rule, right? Um, on hum humane behavior, on humane treatment, uh, you know. And I think they were fed and all of that stuff. So I mean, it's it, it probably doesn't like go to that extreme, but it can both be a stunt and a potentially illegal crime, like because he got the national attention that he wanted. He did get like, you know, um, a cheer at the next political rally that he went to for what he did. Like people think it's so great to own the libs this way uh, without thinking about the actual human lives that are involved. He also pledged on Friday that Florida would continue to bankroll the transportation of migrants from Texas to sanctuary cities across the nation. Um, again, which is like, if I'm a voter, in Florida, I'm like, why are we bankrolling? Like, is this my taxes? Like, what's going on here? Uh, and I would also, you know, I would say that, like, I'm not afraid to be a progressive Democrat and say that there we have uh, an immigration problem or an immigration management problem. Like, I think it's okay to say there's a lot of people coming over the border and we're not, like, I would say we have a management problem. I don't think we have a problem necessarily absorbing these people. I do think we're not, like, handling it well. For example, how it's possible that this could happen is an example of how we're not handling it well, right? Like, this is somehow allowed to happen. I don't know how. Um... And that it, you know, it's interesting because Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, went on like the Sunday shows saying something like, you know, because they had sent busloads of people to D.C. and in Chicago, New York. And he said, let's coordinate. Like, you know what I mean? Let's this should be a national problem. Let's make it a national problem. Like maybe there's some industries in in Idaho and Wyoming that could use a few mi migrant uh, workers that might benefit, you know, that might benefit from people who are, you know, who want to declare asylum. By the way, these are people that are trying to, you know, declare asylum, which is not illegal. So uh, that's the other thing is like treaty, you know, these are not stowaways. These are people who are trying to, you know, declare asylum. I have people in my family that were refugees. I'm very sensitive to that. They're, you know, these are people that are like, that are, that are so desperate. They're escaping a place. Uh, and, you know, they want to come somewhere legally and they want to start working and they want to start providing for their families and they want to be productive citizens. And I've talked about that on this show a million times, um, how one immigrant ends up creating two jobs and like the statistics. Statistics probably have changed um, in the it, since I've talked since I first talked about it, but um, but it's something like each immigrant more than pays for themselves. You know what I mean? So 
this is just ridiculous that we don't treat it like we don't all work together. We were, we have a huge country. We have a ton of land and we have a, a lot of jobs that apparently like Americans who are already here don't want to do. So like this could be a, a great solution for a lot of people. And it it's instead it's, it is a stunt and it is a potentially crime depending on what, what they think. I don't know any, any last thoughts on this. I mean, I would say that we have, I think that the language that you used in terms of an immigration management problem, but it's a problem of our own making, right? Like it's a it's a problem that, again, is about racism because we have no problem with wanting to absorb 100,000 Ukrainians who were, fleeing, who were fleeing war. But when we are looking at 13,000 Haitians that were at the border that were also fleeing war, pandemic devastation, we had no problem shipping those people back to... Um, back to a horror show, right, um, in Haiti because of how they looked. So, like, we we have more than the capability to coordinate efforts, but that would show that you actually cared about human beings and who you're deciding is, in fact, a human being warranting, you know, empathy and care. And what Abbott and DeSantis are doing is showcasing that people of color are not worthy of that level of humanity, let alone that level of thoughtfulness. So, you know, there are plenty, like our economy is based on immigrants, right? Is based on us not paying people a living wage so that we can get goods as cheap as possible, right? From our produce to our manufactured goods. So the idea that people are like, they're coming to steal our jobs, you ain't working those jobs, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't want them. Um, And so I, I just think that we should be honest about the conversation and 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 how how our immigration system got to the place that it is and it isn't because we're one of the wealthiest nations in the world and don't have more than enough and aren't abundant enough to be able to provide for those that are the least among us it's out of a lack of desire um and then my last question on this selena do you think like by the way like cubans in florida um, and some of some of the people coming through are um, Cuban. I would say they're by and large Venezuelan. Um, a lot of them are Republican. Do you think that this could like possibly backlash on DeSantis or I don't know? I mean, I wonder, like part of me feels like now people like a lot of, you know, Trump supporters are a cult and they will never back down from it. But I do wonder if there are like some people out there who... Uh, I don't like just how vivid, like how vivid this is that like you see people being Mm -hmm. sent lied to promised jobs and opportunity. And these are good. You know, these are people who just want to have a better life for their family. They want to make some money. Um, And, you know, and for them to be treated this way and misled and lie, like, I hope that there are some people out there who were sort of towing the line of the right somewhat. And now are like, eh, this is a bridge too far. You know, I mean, I really hope that it does. Um, I hope that it does backfire. And I think that the Republicans have done a number of things in the past year that I hope backfire. You know, I mean, I think they thought Roe v. Wade would be such a coup and this will really win us some people. And I think it's lost them a ton of people. I mean, I think that they're very foolish about how they're doing a lot of this stuff. And I think they're alienating um, people who maybe aren't super far right. But, you know, and I hate to say like reasonable, but, you know, I think they're alienating a lot of people. And I don't think they even I think we'll see this in 50 days. And I can't wait. 
It's, I mean, I love that optimism, Selena. Of course, you know, I love that optimism. <laughs> My God. Um, and, uh, and I want to say to just like, if, if DeSantis is listening, I'm not trying to give him and give him any like campaign pointers here, but I would say as a tactic for winning over hearts and minds of voters, try being nice. <laughs> He's like so incredibly not nice. And it's so weird <laughs> Anyway, I just feel like try being nice. Let's see how that works. Like, could that be some sort of a policy platform that you fuck with? You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... I mean, and in the immortal <laughs> words of the movie Roadhouse, I believe it's Dalton who says, be nice until it's time to be not nice. But ideally, start with being nice. and Start with and being nice! Yeah. <laughs> God, catch more flies with honey, you know. All right. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue chatting. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. 
right back and we're ready for topic number two. So Yvonne Chouinard, I'm probably, I don't know how to pronounce his name, founded Patagonia in 1973. It's an outdoor apparel company that you'll be deeply surprised to know I've never shopped at. <laughs> Despite never having attracted my clientage, it did fact go on to be a multi-billion dollar company and now Chouinard has pledged to give away the $3 billion, his $3 billion in private stock to a nonprofit that'll flight climate change. Now, there might be a catch or two along the way, but before we get into all of that, what did you think when you first heard the news? Because I feel like the New York Times had this sort of glowing headline, a triumphant photo and uh, and all that stuff. So, And my first thoughts were just like, that's awesome. Yeah, give that money to climate change. Um, but wh- where were you guys at, Danielle? Um, I was like, oh, my God, there are actually good billionaires somewhere. Like, how nice, you know, to not just want to continue to incur and amass all of this obnoxious amount of wealth and not find a way to use it for the greater good. And being as how we don't spend billions of dollars trying to fight climate change in this country, it's nice that somebody is willing to use their money to do something other than, you know, a dick measuring competition into outer space. Like maybe, you know, maybe (laughs) using your billions for that, right? To actually solve problems on this planet instead of trying to get off it would be awesome. Yes. (laughs) Selena. Oh, Danielle, I agree wholeheartedly. And, um, and yeah, my, I mean, my initial thing, and I think sometimes I think, yeah, I'm very, uh, I think not that I'm like naive, but I think that, you know, my initial instinct, yeah, was just to take this in good faith. And, you know, I was really struck by the fact that, you know, this guy is not ostentatious with his money. He drives a Subaru. He wears sort of average clothing, um, and, you know, and he's not bouncing around at, you know, society balls in New York. Like he just, he loves nature and the outdoors. And this seemed like a, a to- totally logical extension of that. And yeah, a great way to prioritize the environment in a way that many nations are not doing. Um, but then of course, yeah, I mean, there's Adam Conover. Oh God, like he, <laughs> I, he's such, I love like, but he's so, you know, I mean, Adam ruins everything. And he, he would really pointed out like, wait, 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 is this just a big tax scheme effectively? Right. And so that's like the, the we, we read a piece in Quartz that said it's a it's a masterful bit of corporate maneuvering that will allow his family to effectively maintain control of Patagonia, direct billions towards climate change advocacy and almost entirely avoid taxes in the process. And I guess it, in in that when you look at it that way might make this seem a little less altruistic to you, um, because the other thing that kind of came out while when this story came out is that there's another billionaire named Bear Said or something who used a similar tactic. He donated his entire company, Triplight, uh, which is a, a tech company, to a nonprofit aimed at conservative political advocacy, including opposing climate advocacy efforts, which I thought was hilarious. Um, maybe the two billion, the two sets of billions will cancel each other out. But uh, <laughs> you, do you, I mean, so I guess this, so this is my question. I, like, we're sort of like on the face of it okay with this guy giving his billions to climate change advocacy because we believe in doing that on, on preventing climate change uh, and on bettering the environment, right? And so, we lo- so we're so we willing to laud this guy. Um, and is it okay that he's now avoiding taxes because the money is going to something good? And is it then okay, you know, 
for this other billionaire to give his money to the exact opposite. I mean, these people you know? can do whatever they want with their money, right? Like that's that's the that's the glorious nature about being a billionaire in America is that we have tax laws set up so that they can fit their entire fucking bodies through them, right? Like they don't like these people. It, it it there is no I I think such thing as pure uh, um, altruism, right? Like everyone somewhere is going to benefit in some way, and so for me, it's like. Am I going to boohoo this man who probably hadn't been paying taxes all this time to amass that amount of money that he's able to give away to climate change? No, I'm not, because no one else is apparently putting targeted resources in the way that they need to be a prevent, you know, to help prevent the catastrophes that we see unfold now, literally every few weeks. Every few weeks, there is a island, a nation that is underwater or on fire. Right. Like this is this is regular like commentary in the news. And so if he is wanting to 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 I hope that it's not just a, you know, a photo op that money actually will be directed towards that. But I mean, for us to think that these people haven't been getting away and getting off with not paying taxes. I mean, like it it, it, the taxes are for middle class and the poor to pay. That's like that's that's it. That's how that's how our tax structure is set up. Um, okay, so Selena, let's say you're a billionaire and mm-hmm. you have I the I love the op- way this is beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you have the option of doing something like this where you direct where the money goes or you believe in your or do you believe in your ethical responsibility to just pay a huge tax on it? Uh, 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 an estate tax. Yeah, of gosh. whatever it is, 50, 50%. And you don't know where that money's going to go. You Do you believe in the government as a sh- good shepherd of your funds? I mean, I do think it is more powerful if you can uh, do it yourself. Because they were saying in the Times article, it's just that like, you know, he'd sought out a number of different options of like, he could take the company public, which I think a lot of companies do. And it's not always the best decision. Um especially for the workers. Um, But, you know, that he sort of sussed out that this would be the one where he could still sort of control what was happening, but yeah, not just be handing it over to the government in the form of taxes. I mean, I think, you know, certainly the system is broken, but uh, I don't know, from my perspective, I feel like uh, I need to, uh, just to like function in the world, I need to try to not be, I just can't, I need to sometimes reject the cynicism of like, oh, another, you know, like, this is a tax shelter scheme. Like, I don't know. He seems like a man who loves nature and his whole, you know, consistently throughout his life. It's all been about introducing people to nature, having nature be accessible, great products to go out in nature. I mean, it's not some, it's not crummy clothes. Like it's really solid stuff if you want to go hiking. Um, So, uh, but I do think, yeah, I mean, it's an ethical quandary of, uh, yeah, like, and we will never know if like, this is, you know, just truly, he thinks this is the best way to do it, or if, yeah, this is. I mean, and maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I, but I try right. to. It's like it's interesting because it's like I don't have a problem with there be being some sort of like a chair, you know, a charitable write-off for your for your um, estate 
uh, where you can direct a shitload of money. But I also think that you can, you should, you have benefited from the government's functioning. And that's mm-hmm. how you became, that's, that's a big part of why you became a billionaire, you know? So now is not the time to be like, and now I'm cutting you out of my will, government. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you, you, I, I, just, I just like, it's, that's not how this thing has worked. This thing you've been able to drive on the roads and go into the state parks that have given you the inspiration for your clothes and get, you know what I mean you've been able to utilize um, the, the the fiber optics and the electricity and all of this stuff this is all social contract basic stuff government mm-hmm. is not trying to take your money and then fucking shit on it like that's not what's happening you know what I mean we sometimes think of that we sometimes think oh the government's taking my money and it's like yeah they're fucking taking your money because who's yeah. gonna pick up who's gonna deal with the super Sewage treatment plant. Exactly. You also, you enjoy me. that stop sign. Yeah, you enjoy yeah, the stop sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I enjoy so, stop sign. <laughs> and so it's like I think billionaires. These are such vast sums. We can make it so that they can feel like their estates are going to a thing that's directed, where they love the thing that it's going to, and it's like they made the Philharmonic survive for like fifteen years past their death because of their great fortune. Whatever the fuck that thing is. And they can pay taxes. It is not all or nothing. Mm -hmm. We can have a system that doesn't have such a loophole, as Danielle put it, where they could fit their whole body through these loopholes. Um, And we don't have to – like, I don't know. It just – guys, let's – this is a let's be reasonable form of government (laughs) governance that I'm, like, advocating. And I don't know who's with me. Let's all vote in fucking November. Mm -hmm. Um, But, folks – let me know what would you do with a three billion dollar fortune? Do you want to have the? Do you want to be able to like control every last cent? Do you want to be a part of the great taxation that we should be proud to give taxes to our public services? What do you want? Um, that was obviously a leading question. Okay, uh, let us move on to topic number three. So special thanks to one of our listeners, Dara, who sent me this piece. I love it when you all give me topic ideas, so keep them coming. But she sent a piece um, in Huffington Post by Louise Slythe with the headline, A Stranger Asked Me If I Felt Like Less of a Woman Because I Don't Have Children. Now, this issue has come up on this show before sort of tangentially when we've discussed other family issues, but I felt like this piece was a good opportunity for us to take it head on. So first, do you have kids? And like, what is your relationship with this question? Danielle? Um, I do not have kids. Um, I don't plan on having kids. And I believe that I still function as a full-fledged woman uh, without <laughs> having I – don't, I, don't, I don't think that kids make you more of a woman or less of a woman. So my thought. Yeah. <laughs> Selena? Oh, so, same boat as Danielle. I don't have children – um, I've known my whole life. I didn't ever want to have children. Um, I, you know, when I was like dating in my early twenties, I was very upfront with that on a first date. Uh, I used to put it on my dating profiles. Like if you want kids, I'm not your gal. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, this, this article really resonated with me because gosh, I mean, I remember having coworkers when I would tell that to them, some of them set, would say it's a phase or like, you'll grow out of it or mm-hmm. yeah, like who will bury you someday or like, but then your life has no meaning. Um, or, you know, the point of like, God wants you to have children. You know I mean? 
I feel like I've been taking it on the chin. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, over time you just get used to it, but it's really, I mean, I loved this piece so much because I just, it's, you know, addresses the audacity of anyone to ask such a personal question and to not know, maybe you're trying to get pregnant and it's yep. heartbreaking, you know, like, or, I mean, I had some good friends when I was in my late twenties who were in their early forties and they really wanted to have children, but they hadn't found a partner. And so being asked these questions was so hurtful. Um, it's just, it's so bonkers to me that there is some, some people assume that like everyone on this world wants the same lifestyle and that's to have kids. You know, I mean, there's a million ways to live. And for me, the best way for me is not to have kids, but I don't know, you know, I would never presume to know the best way for anyone else. You know, you know, I, I, I just want to say something real quick. The other day I was out with my girlfriend and we had decided to like randomly, you know, go to brunch midday, like whatever. No, no, no. I'm sorry. We had gone out the night before gone to dinner, then decided to go dancing and, you know, and came home. And the next day we're going to brunch. And she said to me, you know, midway through this thought popped into my head where I was just like, I'm so happy I don't have kids. And I said, <laughs> why is, and I, and I, I, I started, I laughed, but I was just like, yeah, it is such like, there are times when I, many times when I walk into my apartment after like a long day or like wake up at 10 o'clock on a Saturday and I say to myself, my God, I feel so grateful that I don't have kids, that I'm not like juggling the end of the world and then having to manage little people's personalities that are not even formed yet, right? Like, I, I think that the the other side, the other flip side is that we just don't celebrate people's we don't celebrate people's choices we want them to conform and your choice somehow not to have kids means that maybe I made a bad choice if I did decide to have kids and like what does that say about me so I just like you know I'm like I wish that we could honestly say like yeah some days I wake up a lot of days and I'm like I'm really happy I don't have children mm -hmm. and like and that be okay that also get applause as oh I'm pregnant mm-hmm um, I, uh, so my reaction to this was, well, first of all, I'm just, I think the person who said, does that make you feel like less of a woman is crazy. Like I don't, I, I, I like in my life, in the, in the many years that I didn't have children, um, I have one kid, um, no one ever said less of a woman. That's just a crazy thing. To, I think it's like crazy and it feels like an outlier. A lot of people said a lot of things to me, but like that was never one of them. They would say, oh, you'll regret it or, oh, you'll, you know, it, you know, oh, it's a phase, like that kind of thing was pretty common. Um, less of a woman just felt, it is, is so, it's so insulting and just like yeah. awful. Um, but, but, but in general, you do get, you do elicit a lot of comments I think my first thought was oh my god if this piece was written in Iran it wouldn't be a piece <laughs> like, yeah. I mean a because they have no rights in the Islamic Republic of Iran as we can see right now by everything that's happening there my thoughts go out to my um my cousins shit uh my fa my family um but uh, I, but I but it, the reason why this kind of thing is wouldn't be a piece is because this kind of question is not 
personal, right? Like nothing is personal. Like it's, we just have so much more. Like I just have like Iranian women coming up to me and just saying like, you know, oh, did your boobs get like bigger with, since you had, since you had a baby and they just stayed bigger or what's going on with your boobs? Like there's no personal, like nothing is, like you can just say shit to a person. <laughs> it's so much more. There's no, I, there's no concept of like personal space or that's inappropriate. Like with certain stuff like that. And, um, I, so I find, you know, with, with the Ronnie women, like I only have one kid and they'll just be like, oh, you need to have another one though. You can't just have one. You know what I mean? They need to have a brother or sister or whatever. And I, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, and it, and it, as opposed to like getting annoyed, I just think like, this is so fun. This cultural thing is so funny to me that they just like walk around saying stuff like that. And if they said it to uh, like, you know, like a waspy person, that person would faint. Like if any of this stuff that Ronnie and aunties were saying to me, True. they True. would like just straight up faint. <laughs> and so part of it is I I wonder, um, because we are such a great um, and vast melting pot, uh, we're, we sort of are like not understanding the other people's underst- understanding of what personal means. You know what I mean? Um, so there, there was that. And then also, my thought was, in defense of all the moms who see a single woman or um, a ch- I'm sorry, not a single woman, a, a childless woman, and they go, oh, do you have kids? Oh, you should or whatever. I think like this thing happens when you have a kid, which is that you just sort of like want everyone in on the action and it's like yep. hormonal it like takes over your brain and so when I see um, my male friends or my female friends without kids my I don't I try not to say anything but in the off chance that it slips out of my mouth it's only really because honestly I'm, I'm wondering has it slipped out of my mouth I'm not sure it's only maybe because I just want Cool, my cool friends to then make cool people like that's mm-hmm. kind of it's just that it's just the kind of like I just want to see more of you in smaller forms like you mm-hmm. know I don't know and and it's like it's not it's not a, a judgment in any way it, it more than more it's more just like oh but you're great like let's have more of this great thing you know yeah. and I don't yeah. know so I think that it I guess, yeah. I mean, part of the role of a think piece is just to be really judgmental. And I get that. Um, And part of the role of a personal essay is to just say, like, this is how this thing made me feel in that moment. Uh, And I think part of the role of a podcaster (laughs) is to just is to poke some holes and just say, like, um, what if they what if they like literally mean well? What if it's a compliment? Yeah. You know what but I yeah. mean? I get that. I, I mean and I do I do think like the world is a nicer place if you kind of try to like always have some grace for people or, or always assume positive intent, you know? And, and I know, yeah, like I had a friend who once said to me, you know, when I was like, oh, I don't ever want to have kids. He was like, oh, I just think you'd be such a cool mom. You'd be really caring and thoughtful. And, and, you know, I thought that was a really kind way to say that, you know, yeah, like yeah, and I didn't yeah, find it yeah. annoying, but, um, and, you know, and, and I was like, well, there are many ways to be thoughtful and nurturing to your friends and to my nieces and nephews. And, um, but yeah, I think it can be helpful to try to, you know, I mean, unless someone is really on your nerves or you're in a mood, but like, you know, just to try to be like, okay, you don't know me. And I know you're, you're like, you're saying this, but 
uh, yeah, that just that maybe it, yeah, it doesn't come from a place of malice or know-it-all, you know, but from a place of like, oh, I have a great experience and I think you might too, but, but it is such, it is such a personal thing. You know, I, I, when, when people say that, because I've had the same type of, and I, I consider it a backhanded compliment, right? Because it is still trying to push you into, you know, into becoming a parent in some type of way, but it's using a compliment instead. And I think that, you know, I joke and but many of my friends who are mothers like there is a mommy mafia. There is this desire that like I have, you know, sometimes unwillingly uh, signed up to be a part of this like group in this enclave. And I just want more of the people who are in my life who I love and who knew me before I was a mom to like participate in this space with me. Um, You know, and I think that that like I, I get it. I just you know, I don't think that there is, even in like our culture, like you were comparing, um, you know, Iran. And I'm just like, people are rude as hell at people's weddings. The first thing that people, the first thing that people say is, when are you going to have kids? It's like, I literally just put this ring on my finger. And like your immediate question following the I do's at somebody's wedding, regardless of their ethnicity or culture is when are you going to start having kids? Right. And it's the same question. I'm queer. It's the same question, right. That is, that is asked of straight, of straight people. Um, that is now asked of queer people, right. The assumption that everyone just wants to like go forth and multiply. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I don't think that it is a real, the, the personal and the and bodily autonomy is just not respected. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, and has honestly never been uh, respected. We just, we still don't ask men and people that I identify as men, those questions, anytime that we see a single, you know, childless man, we're not saying, you would be such a good father. Mm-hmm. When are you going to have kids? We don't ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, my Although I have been the woman at a gay wedding who has asked that question. <laughs> Shout out to my buddy Arvind. But yeah, I was like, so are you guys going to do have kids or what's going on? <laughs> like literally at the- <laughs> At their wedding. I mean, hopefully, I mean, he's like one of my best friends forever. So it's like, fine. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Selena. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, wasn't it, was it Matt, was, wasn't it Matt Gates at, who was like, you know, made some comment in the past few months about like these sad cat women, single childless cat oh, women. Yes. And isn't he single and childless? You know, it's like, what? Oh, he Why? needs to traffic teenagers oh, in order yeah. to have sex with him. So let's just, exactly. you know, settle that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, but yeah, yeah, just this, you know, sort of demonization of single woman, whereas a single man, he's a rolling stone, man. Okay. Can't be tied down. He's going to be so hot someday. He's going to be swimming in puss. Like it's so, oh, it's so obnoxious. Well, but- and also, you know, the listener pointed out that it's not, it's, you know, she's actually a doula. So that's, I think, also really interesting. And a lot of my friends who don't have kids, you know, one of them teaches kids, right? As a teacher and- is, so like it's it's not a it's funny because it's not even that they're not great with kids or have jobs that like directly involve children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that might even be it. They just kind of get their fill from doing yeah. that kind of work, and then they don't like need to bring it home. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with the like exactly the the terrifying personalities that have not even yet been formed. Uh, so I I think that's the other uh, odd thing about. Um, 
about the, uh, you know, about people who don't have them. Some of them are terrific with kids and have kids in their lives all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a former early childhood educator. And I will tell you that, like, if you are a teacher, um, likely that you put expend all your energy into your students, into your classroom. It's not uncommon for people to then be like, yeah, I don't want to have kids because I deal with all your kids every day. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Okay, well, folks, let me know. Check check out the piece. It was um it was a good read, and um and 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 definitely food for thought, folks. That is the end of the show. I first of all, thank you for making me feel just good. Um, chatting it out always makes me feel better about everything. So thanks for doing that and being so delightful. And I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all of the wonderful things that you do, Danielle Moody. Where do they do that? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at D2Cents, D-E-E-T-W-O-C-E-N-T-S. And I'm on TikTok at Danielle Moody underscore. And subscribe to my shows, Woke AF and Democracy-ish. Um, Selena, where do people follow you? Yes, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, just my regular old Selena Kopic. That's S-E-L-E-N-A-C-O-P-P-O-C-K. And then, yeah, Twitter and Insta, N-Y-T-V-O-W-S, where I poke fun at the times, wedding culture, all that fun stuff. And then, yes, this fall, I'll be coming back from a brief August. uh, I took the month off, but now I'm coming back with two-week minimum fresh episodes. We're talking about autumnal candles, and I'm very excited. So two-week minimum wherever you get your podcasts. So exciting. Two-week minimum should be on everybody's feed. And folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. I may be coming to a city near you. We're going to places like um, Austin and um, Ann Arbor and Kalamazoo on the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me stand-up tour. So please check that out. Um, And I'm going to be on uh, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this week on on the panel. Um, So be sure to listen for that. And um, and again, don't forget to uh, send me your info if you're in the Bay Area and want to come see me on September 27th doing my show Comedy from Her Mouth Hole and I would love to thank all of the people that make this show a possibility that's our wonderful producer Andrew McGuire our fantastic audio engineer Stephanie Aguilar and everyone at HeadGum who's just so lovely oh and you know who made it possible for us to be nominated for a People's Choice um, podcast award it's so um, I'm so honored and uh, you know you can send us your emails at Fake the Nation at headgum.com with segment ideas and panelist ideas and um, keep the races to watch uh, coming in. That's electoral contests to watch. And, uh, you know, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.